God damn it, Musaka! Hello and welcome <laughs> to this week's episode of Seattle to Unknown, your favorite travel podcast, as we have decided. I'm Melinda. And I'm Sarah. Okay, good. You are going with this. <laughs> um, should we jump into in-flight cocktails? Um, sure. You lead the way. I have the best in-flight cocktail that you could probably have for yourself while flying. It is a whole bunch of water. <laughs> very exciting day over in your household i don't don't know if you're you're dazzled or like disappointed i still can't find canned mixed drinks well that just proves that germany is once again better than america and by america i mean the united states because canada is like between the two in the rankings the power rankings of countries that i just made up I was wondering where this is going. All right, Smarty Pants, what's your in-flight cocktail for the week? I have no in-flight cocktail. I was boring. And you're knocking my water. Sweet, delicious hydration. (laughs) This water bottle has to be like three times as tall as your face, and you're just knocking it back. It's 40 ounces. Good lord. I bring it to work with me like every day too. Okay, here's the thing though. Your bladder is roughly the size of an espresso cup. I pee roughly three times. An hour. Sometimes. (laughs) Most times. You stop recording the podcast how often to pee? Not that often. It's been like, oh, hey, the dog is barking. Oh, that's okay. I'm going to run and pee. I mean, I I might as well do something productive while you're shouting at the dog. That's my thing. You're a pee opportunist. I am. Mama always said, never leave the house without peeing first. Yeah, mine did too. And by mama, I'm pretty sure I got that from RuPaul. (laughs) Well, RuPaul's mama. Never miss an opportunity to use the bathroom before you leave or something. Well, I think most moms say that, but my mom wouldn't stop if we had to, so we just learned to hold it. Oh, and by the way, I was joking when I was yelling at my dog in the intro. I was not actually yelling at my dog. Melinda told me to. <laughs> that is very true. I can I can attest to that. You are the puppet master and I just dance. Dance. But anyways, speaking about your madre, we have a, a final update to uh, her parents' cruise. Yeah, so my parents got back Sunday night, and I call my mom on Monday evenings. Monday evening here, Monday morning there. And so we were kind of chatting about their cruise, and my mom goes, yeah... I mean, it could have been worse, but I did injure my leg too. So not only did my dad nearly crush his leg, but my mom also fell and injured herself. And we're going on and on like, oh yeah, well, there was that fire. And she goes, oh, there wasn't one fire. There was three. There were three fires on their cruise. Three of them. Did they have a pyro on the ship that just couldn't help themselves? I guess. And then not only that, the reason this all came up was because like every morning on my way to work, I kind of skim like news pertaining to travel just to see if anything interesting is going on. And I find an article on Fox News that says cruise ship pulling into Vancouver collides with other cruise ship. What? And I thought I kind of did the math backwards in my head. I was like, oh my God, my parents were in Vancouver when this happened. I wonder, and I shouldn't even wonder because I know that my parents are clearly cursed. Oh. <laughs> And so I wow. I looked it up and I was like, it's a Holland America cruise ship. And I was like, oh, we're narrowing it down even further. And then it came to the name. I was like, that, that is their ship. My parents were on a ship that plowed into another ship while parallel parking in the harbor. How does that even happen? How do you, like, oh, those ships are millions and millions of dollars. And the person behind the wheel should probably know how to parallel park. Like, they should probably not be putting a captain behind the wheel who can't parallel park his own ship. I would like to take this moment to 
uh, to mention that not only does Sarah have bad luck while traveling, but her parents do too. So it must be genetic. Clearly. Like they both enter a leg. Oh my god. Three fires. And their ship rips the balconies off of another ship because the driver doesn't check his blind spot or something. Like how did I how does this happen? I feel like the whole ship is a blind spot behind you. Yeah, I ooh, I don't know. I don't, don't trust cruises. Go on cruises, they're not safe. One way or another, you're going to get murdered, norovirus, or fire and crashes. Oh, and I googled the ship to see if there had been any other accidents, and there were four separate neuro- norovirus outbreaks. Four. And somebody really hates thorough cleaning on that ship. Yeah, well, and I was telling my mom this, and she goes, "Oh, that explains why they." There were hand, sanitize- hand sanitizer stations everywhere, and it was an official ship rule that you may not shake hands. Ooh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yikes. It's so bad. They're like, no, really, please don't have contact with other humans. Oh, my God. Does it, like, constantly smell like bleach on the ship to try and keep things clean? Oh, oh. So, she told me oh. one other thing. <laughs> They had a problem on the ship with food that should have been cold not being cold. Oh, God. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh. So one morning she went to make herself a bagel with locks and the salmon was warm and she realized they had no means of cooling the food that was out on the counters. Oh, they just put it out and said, good luck, everybody? Uh-huh. She said the salad bar was just everything was out on the counter. Nothing was chilled. Somebody pull their food handler's license. Make sure, sh- like, are they relevant? Is everybody properly trained? This is, this is way more concerning than just potentially being murdered on the ship. Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, your colon will be murdered. And then you're gonna like blow up all the toilets on the ship. And that's how you get the floating poop ships. Oh, see, no cruises. Just (laughs) nope, nope, nope. Yeah, I wonder if they don't have to have food handlers permits because they are often in international waters. That's how they have a casino license is that they don't have, they open the casinos as soon as they're a certain number of miles away from shore. No shit. Those people probably know nothing about food safety and how not to poison people. Yeah, and my mom told me that she got blocked on a Holland America Facebook group page because she was messaging. She's like ratting this all out. Yeah, but it was not like an official run one. It was just like fans of this line and the person running the group was like, you're lying. And my mom goes, do you want me to send you proof? And he goes, I don't need to. And then he blocked her. (laughs) You can't handle the truth. (laughs) So yeah. Um, she needs to go to like higher ups for the actual company and be like, look here. This is why there's so many issues about sick people on cruises and ugh. Yeah, hand sanitizer only does so much. You need good old soap and water and properly temperatured foods. Mm-hmm. Keep the food out of the danger zone. Exactly. I had a food handler's permit a few times. I know things. I constantly have a food handler's permit for my job. Well, yeah, you work with foods. Yeah, but not cooking it. This so, is true, but anything. What's up? I'm super safe. <laughs> but yeah, so. no, that's that's freaking terrifying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that should be the final cruise update. Maybe we should just keep tabs on this particular ship and <laughs> see what happens. Oh, and in the logs of things that have happened on this ship, there were more than a couple people who had fallen overboard. And were never seen ever again? At least one of them. Nope, not going on a cruise. <laughs> Can't make me. So that's our update. What is your update for the week? I don't have anything exciting. Been kind of boring. Oh, we went to uh one of like are they minor leagues i don't know baseball game aqua socks rainiers rainiers minor league okay that was kind of fun i don't know i don't i'm not a baseball person sorry it's just not my sport it's a good outing if you want to sit around with friends drinking and joking which we totally did uh it was with some of the people from mike's work so i need some of them 
that I've seen before, but yeah. No, it was fun. We also were in a suite, so we were able to change one of the TVs to the <laughs> playoff hockey game. <laughs> so we were watching hockey at a baseball game, and that part was glorious. I mean, there's not a lot that happens in a baseball game, so you might as well. Well, it made the game a lot more enjoyable and go faster. See? Silver lining. <laughs> It's only like the second baseball game I've ever been to, and we're supposed to be going to one in June. So I've been to a couple baseball games, but none recently. What I did go to was a Sonics game during the final season of the Sonics, and there were so few people in attendance. I took a group of Japanese exchange students, and there were so, so few people in attendance, and of those people, even fewer were paying any attention at all, that the scoreboard was literally on fire, and it took them 20 minutes to notice. That's because everybody's not shouting like, oh my god, it's like one person that's like, dude, 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 just pointing. Yeah, well, I was with my students and one of them goes, is it normal for the screen to be smoking? And I went, honestly. Special effects, no big deal. I'm not certain. I don't go to Sonic's games. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I'm pretty sure that should be a given of like, nope, that's not a good sign. Yeah, so go Seattle sports. Yay. Still waiting for my hockey team. Soon. Yeah. That's the good news. So, ooh, I have a travel tech story. There's no travel news right now, but I did read a really cool story today, which is that EasyJet, which is one of those kind of discounty airlines, has a new app, a new update coming out to their app soon, which has an augmented reality camera setting in it. So let's say you just booked a flight with EasyJet and you know you can only bring a carry-on because you are cheap and did not pay for the checked bag. What you do is you open their app, you open the camera and you aim it towards your suitcase and it measures it for you and tells you if it's within their limits. So is it personal item size and you don't have to pay for it? Is it carry-on size and you have to pay something? Or is it too big and it has to go straight to the checked baggage? So that way, you know all of this in advance and can plan accordingly. And there's none of that, ooh, well, is it slightly, is it okay? Are we going to sneak through? They're going to tell you right up front, no, no, it will not work. You must check this. And they're probably also keeping tabs. It's like, if a bag comes through that looks like this, we've already determined that it's a no. But I think it's clever because now you have no grounds to say, oh, but I didn't know what the measurements were. Like, well, you had access to them and we were willing to tell you before you ever got to the airport whether or not it would fit. That is pretty smart. Yeah. That is pretty smart. It hasn't rolled out yet, but in the article, they have screen caps of what it would look like. And it's like, you're looking through your lens at whatever is in front of you, but it digitally imposes over the image a sizer, just like you'd have at the airport. And you just kind of position the sizer over your suitcase that's standing in front of you. And it'll tell you, yes, this fits in our sizer. No, it doesn't. Right on. I hope that'd be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah. Well, when I was researching this, I also found that Kayak has this in their app as well. Slightly different And I found it not super effective. So I'm hoping the EasyJet one is an improvement. The Kayak one will, you do it similarly, but there's no like digital cage sizer for you to put your bag into. It just kind of measures it. And I tried it on my backpack and it didn't work. It told me that my backpack was 27 inches long, which it is most certainly not. So I tried it on a hard suitcase and that one did work. That one it knew, I think because it has 
corners that it can find. It can mm, measure it. It can figure it out a little bit easier. Whereas with my suitcase, it was like, this bag is 17 inches deep. I'm like, oh, it is definitely not 17 inches deep, you crazy, crazy app. Sure it is. <laughs> Why not? But from the kayak app, it'll even, as soon as it measures your bag, it'll pull up all of the airlines that it's within the size limits for. So- I thought That's, that was cool. Yeah, cool. Hopefully uh, hopefully they keep updates and keep improving because, you know, it's something that probably will need it, but uh, we'll probably have to see if we can play around with it. Yeah, and anytime someone says on Facebook, hey, so is my bag going to be the right size? I want to link them to this app and be like, you can check. There's no room for doubting anymore and none of this like, well, I didn't know. And so I can't believe they're charging me. Like, it doesn't matter if you know or not, because that's kind of on you to check. Good luck, everybody. <laughs> You're on your own now. We'll have to play with that. Yeah, I thought it was cool. But so this week, but what? I thought you had more, but okay. No, you just kind of left it hanging. I was like, okay, so I guess I'm diving into the topic. <laughs> well, I thought you had more. I was going to, okay, Mm-mm. whatever. This week. Oh, okay. I'm going still. Okay. <laughs> this week we're, uh, we're wanting to talk about um, traveling with dietary restrictions. So it's one of those things that like you could really dive into like the nitty gritty of everything and go like way too deep but we kind of want to do a broad overview of things that are chosen religious or allergies i guess would be like the three categories yeah or even more broader even broader english is hard more broader more broader it's more better this way um even it is more better broader than just allergies are medical reasons both allergies and like autoimmune disorders that restrict your diet so let's talk about that so start with my favorite plain old pickiness some people are picky i am frequently one of those people i yes don't give me you and your hatred for sandwiches i don't like sandwiches they're so boring you're a boring sandwich (laughs) your face is a boring sandwich and i know that's true because i'm looking at it right now yeah it's so not true but anyways plain old pickiness there's picky eaters And there are extremely picky eaters. Yeah. See, the thing is, I, there are things that I don't like, but when I'm traveling, I eat what's in front of me. Like if someone offers me something, I'm not going to turn my nose up at it because I want to be respectful of other cultures. And just because I don't personally enjoy something doesn't mean it's not good. I know when we were in China, there was times I'd see food and think, "Mm, I don't know about this, but I guess I live by the rule, try everything once. You don't have to like it, but you should try it. You should try it and then decide. And then if you don't like it, it's kind of a fair justification because you tried it. (laughs) Yeah. You can't say you don't like something until you try it. It's true. So for me, the classic example of this is a friend of mine came to visit when I was in LA a few years ago and she brought with her her boyfriend. And I have literally never met another person. Like I've never met anyone who is quite as picky as this guy. And so she came over, we met at my office and she asked, where can we go to get dinner? And so I was listing local restaurants and her boyfriend goes, I don't really eat any of that. And I go, I've listed like 10 different restaurants. You don't eat any of that? He goes, well, and forgive me for the phrasing because this comes directly from him. He said, I don't eat ethnic food. And boy, did that set off some red flags. These two have since broken up. Hallelujah. Um, (laughs) 
But he said he didn't eat ethnic food. He doesn't eat seasoned food. He doesn't like things that are spicy. He doesn't like too much pepper, I think was one of them. And yeah, the list went on and on and on. And basically we came to the conclusion he would eat like classic American diner food if it was seasoned the way he wanted it, which was- But he doesn't eat seasoning. Little to no seasoning. So we went to this diner and he decides, like there's tons of stuff on this menu. Like, um, gosh, what was that diner we went to together that was kind of old? Old school retro. Was it Mel's or was it Swingers? Swingers. We went to Swingers. Yeah, breakfast foods are the best foods. And so Swingers has all kinds of stuff on their menu. You can get a whole array of things. And one of them was mac and cheese. And he looks at the menu and he goes, oh, but it's got stuff in it. And I go, and so I'm looking and it was- noodles and cheese? And like bacon and tomatoes and like parsley or something. Like slightly dressed up mac and cheese, but not anything extravagant. And he asked the waiter, can I have that without bacon and the green stuff? And they said, no. I think, I assume it was probably pre-made. Oh, okay. That's fair. And so he looks and looks and looks and goes, okay, I'll have the children's grilled cheese because the adult version of the grilled cheese had tomatoes and basil on it. And now you're making me hungry. I know. I'm so hungry too. Um, So they told him, we can't serve you the children off the children's menu if you're over the age of 12. And he was very clearly over the age of 12 in some regards, I suppose. Except for food. So, and eventually he, like, he got into it with the waiter and the waiter says, fine, we will bring you the children's grilled cheese. It's literally just bread and cheese and tomato soup, but we're going to charge you the adult price because you're a grown-ass man. And he was really upset about that. And he kind of hemmed and hawed about, I don't like it. They're not being nice to me. And I, I wanted to climb across the table and smack him. I just, you've come all this way. You've eliminated all of the restaurants that LA is known for because they're icky <laughs> and you can't find anything even at a diner. So eventually they bring him his sandwich and he just picked at it. He wanted his fries without salt or seasoning. He wanted the grilled cheese without the soup because he doesn't like tomatoes. And I'm just sitting there going, there is such a wide world of delicious things that you are closing yourself off to because you won't just try them. Try them. My God. Usually, uh, especially at restaurants that are known for having good food, when they put things together for their menu, they're things that actually work together. And it's done with intent. It is. And like, they're they're not putting it together because it's going to be disgusting. Yeah. I, I don't get it. it puts That's some, way too picky. Yeah. It puts some things into perspective for me where I was like, oh, there are things that I do not like. But if I'm a guest somewhere, I'm going to shut my mouth and just try it because if they like it, it's probably good they like it for a reason or it's a one-time thing you know it's fine yeah that i don't get it and one thing that i read a lot when i um travel is or when i read travel message boards it's people saying i'm so picky what am i supposed to do about food i haven't eaten for like three days because nothing here looks at all good and it's not like what i had at home (sighs) that's the best part is that it all looks good and it's nothing like at home you are only going to get these things here so maybe give it a try just try it it might be good yeah as long as it actually won't kill you or anything as long as it's not that fermented shark fin thing in the nordic countries that like literally will make a room uninhabitable oh it sounds like you've tried it before no but i've seen lots of people like lots of videos of people opening a can of it and then passing out ew 
Oh, it's canned? Like they bought it like you would like canned tuna or something? Yeah, I don't remember what it's called, but you can get it non-canned, I assume, but it's banned in some places. I would try it non-canned because I think if you're canning it, you're just asking for disaster. And that's that's another perspective that you can take is that if this is something that sounds absolutely awful for you, try it just so you have a fun story to tell because sometimes you have fermented shark fin and want to vomit because it's so awful. <laughs> Why not? Or you get brave and you tried things like a whale steak mm. and you are delightfully surprised. Yeah. But not everything has to be all or nothing. Try things. You don't have to like it, but you know, it open totally yourself up it. to it. For sure. But then there's also things like dietary choices. Like vegetarianism or veganism. Like the next tear up from just being picky and ornery about it is dietary choices, which is not being picky or ornery. That's just having personal beliefs, I suppose. I don't know a good way to phrase it. No, I think personal beliefs, you know, you're, you're caring about the anim- environment and you're caring a lot about animals. Um, or you're trying to get yourself healthier by doing um, a certain diet, like maybe like keto or paleo. So vegetarianism, veganism, dietary choices of that sort fall into an entirely separate category from, you know, ornery pickiness. If these are your personal life choices and whatever the driving force behind them, whatever that may be, it can be challenging to travel in some places because animal products work their way into food in ways you wouldn't necessarily expect. But if you are living these life choices, you probably know that already. Sometimes that stuff just catches you off guard. Here's the thing I've noticed at work is a lot of times you'll see a food item that looks like it should be fine. Like it's vegetables and new and tofu and you go how is this not vegetarian and then you look through the ingredients you're like how did you put animal fat in this it's a tofu dish what happened here <laughs> they're sneaky just kind of like how there's sneaky dairy and things yep so if you are vegan or vegetarian there is an app and a website called happy cow which is sort of like yelp but specifically for people who eat vegan which means when you're traveling you can open it up and look and see what restaurants nearby are exclusively vegan or are there restaurants that have vegan offerings on their excuse me on their menu and i think that's a great resource for checking that kind of stuff like because it it is really hard to judge sometimes especially when you're in a country where they speak another language that's pretty cool that but that could potentially help people with other dietary restrictions too yeah well vegan is about as extreme as a lot of diets can get so if it qualifies as vegan it probably qualifies for well it will definitely be vegetarian and it might suit other dietary needs as well that's pretty cool yeah and this other thing that you can get that i just found out about is a vegan passport um i think it's like five pounds but what it is is essentially a booklet that translates your dietary needs into multiple languages because veganism is not something that is worldwide it's in many many places but not every country has it because it is sort of a luxury not every person can afford a a vegan lifestyle right so if you have if you have the vegan passport you can take it with you on your vacation and show people this is what I need. Um, I don't eat these things. Do you have other things? That's pretty cool. And it's it's nice that as we go into the digital age, we're getting more and more things to help make your travel with certain dietary restrictions easier. And things like this could probably easily help with other dietary restrictions. And then that also brings us to religious, re- religious reasons for having certain food restrictions. And probably the easiest way for when you're traveling and you're not so sure about the area is try and do some research online and see if you can reach out to like a local community group of that church 
or religious, you know, chapter that is nearby, they can probably give you really good ideas of where to go, what to eat, what's good there. Yeah, because if you're living a really strict religious-based dietary lifestyle, then you're going to want advice from people who are there and who also live that lifestyle because religious restrictions on your diet, they tend to be very, very complicated. And winging it could be a challenge. Especially if it's another language you don't know. It's not so easy to read ingredients. Yeah, if it's if it's something that's really, really important to you, find someone else who also who it is also really important to because they can guide you better than either of us could because these aren't things that we know super in depth. And I don't want to talk out of our ass about this and be wrong. Not for this one. It's too important. Um, But an easier one is allergies and other food, food medical reasons. <laughs> that makes sense, right? <laughs> and other potentially medical reasons. Yeah, those are words. Oh, I know they're words. I just don't know if they're supposed to go together like that. <laughs> <laughs> so there are a whole host of reasons why your diet may be restricted for your medical benefit. And I think the number one thing we can say is if that is true, speak to your doctor or a nutritionist before you go and make sure you've got all your ducks in a line because even more so than religious reasons, these could be life-threatening. So have a game plan, I guess, is step one. Be like my sister and know what certain words in all languages are so you know to avoid it. <laughs> and by like, she knows all of them. She literally just asked Sarah what peanut was in German because she's allergic to them, like badly allergic. And yet we were in a store and she picked something up and I translated the back of the label to her and it said, may contain nuts. And she goes, mm, I'll risk it. She's special. What can I say? May does not mean yes. This is true, but <laughs> yeah, it could be. Yeah. <laughs> well, and she's allergic to peanuts where it's really, really bad. I am very much lactose intolerant. I don't think it's going to kill me, but it's not going to be a fun time afterwards. But sometimes you got to go for yeah. the gelato and bring lots and lots of lactate. The medication. If you do not have anything by the name lactate in your place, in your location, we are not saying lactate. We are saying lactate. They are different, I swear. I've said lactate to people before and they gasp. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's a medication. Like aiding in your lactose intolerance so you can still eat cheese because that's <laughs> all I want in life. Which is very important. Just vats and vats of cheese. Yeah, kind of. When you don't get to eat it that often because it's going to like ruin your digestive system for a moment, you miss it. Yeah. Or like the easy hostel breakfast where it's like, here's a bagel and yogurt. It's like, I can't. I get to eat bread. <laughs> Yay, that sounds like fun. So if you have a condition that requires you restrict your diet, whether it be allergies or maybe celiac disease or lactose intolerance or PKU or any combination thereof or anything else, I mean, these are just the ones I could think of off the top of my head. The first step is plan ahead. Step two, if you're flying, is to request a special meal because lots and lots of airlines offer a ton of varieties of different meals. So take them up on it. It's free. It doesn't cost anything to have them cater to your needs so you might as well as long as they actually provide meals on your flight yeah if you don't uh, enjoy your peanuts or if you're allergic don't enjoy your peanuts please do they really they don't do that so often on flights anymore no it tends to be pretzels yeah 
and they aren't good pretzels they're like either. pre-stale pretzels mm-hmm. and they're like we're gonna keep you healthy and give you pretzel crisps they're so much better for you I'm like are you kidding me i know you're just going with the cheaper option there's less material to it so it's cheaper yeah and it's way less satisfying so then you buy their snack and their drink Mm-mm. i am far too stubborn for that like you want me to pay 15 dollars for a cheese sandwich think again but just remember if you don't know how to say that in the language of where you're going to you can always print out an allergen card <laughs> i am allergic to spending extra <laughs> and cheese <laughs> And well, not just cheese, all dairy. Um, there's websites out there and you can print them in multiple languages. You know, if, if it's a really big concern, if it's like a big, like big do or die sort of thing, use these resources for, you know, for your advantage. Take advantage of it. Yeah. And if you have an allergy, specifically an allergy, make sure that you carry your EpiPen with you. If not two EpiPens, just to be extra cautious. Like don't, don't risk it because in situations where you're communicating with someone who speaks a different language, even if they have really really good english which most people do that's too risky to just don't take that risk bring a card with you in their language and show them before you eat anything because it is not unheard of for people who don't have allergies to not take them seriously so don't eliminate any doubt and make sure they know exactly what you're trying to say or if you're really worried pack some snacks with you so then you know what you got you know that you can eat something and you'll be okay or if you can find somewhere that has like a kitchenette or a little kitchen thing that you can use so you can make your own food so you you know what's going in it and won't hurt you one way or another. And this is also true even if you did order a special meal because uh, it's not unheard of for them to forget the special meals. It's happened to me a couple times. I always order, this is going to sound a little strange, I always order the Hindu meals because they're vegetarian and don't contain eggs or milk. So eggs and milk are things, while I am not as lactose intolerant as Melinda, I have my own special dietary issues and those are things that will make me poop but you're not a, a lot you're just not a fan of eggs right or does that actually bother you well it that's just what the hindu meal is see i on the other hand i can't just go like of a vegetarian type because vegetarian can still include dairy i have to go vegan mm-hmm. so there's no dairy whatsoever yep so we both have ordered special meals pretty much always because i had my gallbladder taken out 10 years ago now and that has its own special ramifications because my body can't store the the juice is necessary to digest things well all the time. So I get my special meal and it leaves me with a much happier stomach than if I got the general one. And on a few different flights, they've forgotten to pack it and I have to take the regular meal. And boy, does it leave me uncomfortable so unless you're crazy i'm gonna guess nobody wants to poop on a flight and not no, like that would be unpleasant tragic poop on a flight it's not gonna be a normal poop let's be honest <laughs> let's let's really bond right now and talk about this and i i've heard people say oh you order a special meal what's the process for that there is no process you don't have to prove anything to the airline there's no like oh we're gonna need to see a medical note to prove that you're lactose intolerant or we need evidence that you're vegan they just make the food so take them take them up on that offer don't don't worry about it they prepare this food so far in advance that it's just don't stress about it because it doesn't really matter just get your food and if you have um anything where you absolutely need it with you it's part of a medical reason for like dietary restrictions do you have to prove that to like tsa if you're going through security like if it's a liquid or anything but it's or can you potentially but i think medical alert bracelets help with that or a note from your doctor chances are if you live 
live with a condition that requires you to have specific medications, you probably have evidence of that. But in particular, when I was thinking about this, the restrictions that came to mind for me were PKU, where you have to carry protein supplements with you, like tons and tons of packs of powder. They might be interested in searching those and like examining them. And the other one is people who have to bring insulin with them because it's liquid. It has to be refrigerated. So you're coming through with ice packs. Oh, okay. So if if you have either of those conditions or potentially others, make sure you're prepared with your notes so the TSA knows that they have to let you through with it. And if you have either of those, do not let them separate you from them. Do not tell the, do not let them tell you it has to go in a checked bag because it doesn't. And you don't want to arrive on the other side and not have those things because something tells me finding those um, protein replacement supplements for PKU is going to be a pain in the ass and a half. Or try to find in a foreign country. In a foreign country. You know, things that you actually need medically. Keep them with you. Yeah. Do what you can. But it's also good probably to talk to your doctor ahead of time. Like, hey, how do I make sure that they don't try and take this from me? Yeah. And I'm sure if you are a member of one of these communities, you probably know other people within it and talk to them. Ask your friends, hey, I'm going on a vacation to this place. Maybe you've been there, maybe you haven't, but what has been your experience traveling with these uh, this this situation? What has worked for you? What do you think I should do? Because, I mean, that's how we learn. We talk to our friends and, you know, gather intel, sort of. I don't know if I've learned anything about how to deal with my lactose intolerance from you, except how to get the special meals on a flight. It's, it's not a useless tip. I'm just saying, I educated you just a tiny bit. You are so proud of yourself right now, too. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, nerd. Um, um, Like we said, if you have concerns about tracking down food, so long as this is not maybe... You're going to cut that out. <laughs> nope. If you have concerns about going into restaurants and finding foods or something of that nature, like finding something that actually suits your needs, maybe your best bet is staying in a situation like an Airbnb where you have access to a kitchen and then you can gather your own ingredients and make your own food so you know exactly what is going into your food. It is a little bit more time consuming and the experience of eating in a restaurant in a foreign country is really fun and part of the joys of travel. But if it comes down- So is going in grocery stores and checking out all the different stuff. Yeah, going in grocery stores is a lot lot of fun too um but you have to look out for you so if this is a medical need then do what you got to do to meet those needs and some places you can still actually bring up yelp so you can look at menus options from restaurants to kind of preview what they have and see depending on what it is like can this fit into your dietary restrictions Mm -hmm. and go from there for picking a place to go eat out at the challenge though is that if you have a really specific need and let's say you find something on the menu that almost suits it but it needs to be modified. Just keep in mind that not every country is so keen on people in restaurants saying, okay, I want this, but without this, that doesn't always work. So even if you do have your allergy allergy card or something stating, I can't eat X, Y, and Z, they might not adjust accordingly. So either impress upon them how serious it is or just leave. That it can. And another practice that most people do that we do 
not in the United States is a lot of people will have their menus posted outside so you can always look through it before you even have to interact or like take up a table yep which is really handy so it is it is coming handy like a multitude of times of like I don't think I actually can here because there's just dairy everywhere <laughs> whereas I use that to go up and go oh it's all sandwiches we have to find something else and be like we're bookmarking this for later isn't it funny how people who are picky about food really irritate me but then I'm like bah, sandwiches gross sandwiches Mine's not even picky. It's just like, this is not going to end well. No, and as the person who shares your hotel room with you, thank you. I try for you. I try a little less, but so far it hasn't been too terrible for either of us. (laughs) That's what you say. That's one side of the story. So, travel tips of the week. Do you have one? Oh, um, no. Just one more specific tip. If you are a person who doesn't eat gluten, whether that is a dietary choice or celiacs, which is a medical necessity, there is a website called findmeglutenfree.com, which is sort of like the equivalent of the Happy Cow app for vegans that will help you find resources. It's not quite as expansive, but it's there. And if you haven't heard of it, maybe check it out because that could be useful. And now travel tip of the week? Yes. Okay. Mine's pretty simple. Don't let the fact that there is different foods that maybe you're not a big fan of necessarily or something you haven't really tried so you don't know. Like maybe it's a mostly vegetarian area that you're going to. Give it a try. You might be delightly, delightly? Delightly. (laughs) Delightfully, delightfully surprised, you know, just trying a different uh, diet option. Um, It might be fun. It might be good you might learn something new but don't don't let foods alone deter you from going to a place that you really want to go to you can learn to adapt as long as it won't actually kill you or it's you know impeding on your religious practices good tip i agree yeah just try it try something and maybe you'll find something that you never would have expected but you'll love you never know there's a lot of good foods that i miss from uh different places we've been to oh that's the trade-off is that you find something you love and you will never get it again until you go back over and over (laughs) which is why we have to go to new zealand because i really really desperately want another bottle of lnp okay i don't know what that is but okay it's lemon and a maori word that starts with p but it's lemon and local um sparkling water it's really really yummy it's like lemonade but mineral (laughs) trust me we'll go that's just you're not really selling it but you're not making it sound awful either it's just like oh oh there's this sure there's this chocolate company in New Zealand called Whitakers and they make special chocolate they make chocolate but they also make like special bars and one of them was like sprinkles it was just a chocolate bar full of sprinkles and then they did one that was L&P flavored it was white chocolate lemon flavored but it had pop rocks in it so it bubbled like the soda would yes. yeah it was really good I love candy bars with like pop rock sort of things <laughs> in it it's so good I bought like three or four Whitakers bars while I was there to bring home to give to my niece and nephew and then I ate them because it was like five months between when I went to New Zealand and Christmas. I was like, they don't know that I have these. (laughs) Now they do and now they're angry. They're not listening. They would not be allowed to listen to us. Let's be honest. That's true. It's for the best. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Maybe when you're older. Wait, do you have an actual travel tip or did you just piggyback on mine? I do. I was just checking. My travel tip is if you are bringing snacks on the plane, which if you have dietary restrictions is a good idea just to be safe if they forget your meal or whatever, just to get you through the flight. Make sure that it fits within the 311 regulations. Peanut butter is a liquid. Hummus is a liquid. Hummus is a liquid, you guys. 
Ketchup is a liquid. Grief. All of these. Why are you bringing so much ketchup with I, you? I don't know. Especially you. Honey, also a liquid. Jam, it's a liquid. Go to our website. We have a blog post all about the 311 rule and what is or isn't a liquid. Because if one more person says hummus doesn't count. They took my hummus. Hummus doesn't count as a liquid. And besides it was sealed, my head will explode. Hummus is a liquid regardless of whether or not the container is sealed. The 311 rule has never been contingent on the container being sealed it does not matter stop saying it for the love of god i love how the container like became a part of like the discussion too that was the best part about the hummus one (laughs) it drives me absolutely insane but it was sealed in the original container doesn't matter the tsa is not checking seals it's like a a sand bucket full of hummus instead That's all I can picture. Please. You can travel with foods. The moral of this lesson. You can do that. They just have to be under 100 milliliters and in your 311 bag. End of story. Oh my god. Like it truly, it's my biggest pet peeve right now. People, use your heads. But it's also, it also goes back to just because you were able to get away with it once doesn't mean that will fly Yeah, it's like oversized bags. Like, yeah, maybe they let you on board and didn't make you check it this time. But you're always taking it calculated risk and if you if you go against the rules or you don't bother to learn what the rules actually are and then someone enforces it that's not their fault that's your fault learn the rules and we can debate whether or not the rules are valid or if not if they're valid but if they're valuable or if they bring anything to the table because they clearly don't but not but the rules are what they are and throwing a fit that they're enforcing it doesn't change that so put your peanut butter cups in your 311 bag boom travel tips nailed it i made that one up in the last five minutes because she's angry about hummus being a liquid if you can spread it if you can pour it if it's runny or if you it's just flat out liquid like you know what a liquid is if it can do any of those things it goes in your 311 bag or you have to check it the end just remember even if you are a picky eater it can still be an adventure or if, if not even more so yeah try new things if you can it could be to your delightness what <laughs> i don't know why i keep saying delightful delightness delightly it could be too delightly. It could be delightly. Yeah. Hashtag delightly. Some adventures involve skydiving. Some adventures are trying that weird looking food over there. And boy, is it good. Usually. Isn't it like and uh, Be Our Guest about trying the gray stuff? It's delicious. I don't know that movie that well. Friendship over. Wow. <laughs> it's an adventure, you guys. You learn your uh, podcast buddy doesn't like anything fun. Says the person who regularly while planning trips is like, oh, let's go check out the dead things. Because nothing says more fun than dead things. Yeah. How on earth are you going to cobble a conclusion out of this? (laughs) It's an adventure. So try that weird looking food. Unless it'll actually kill you, then don't do it. Yes, please don't. But yeah, come back next week where we'll talk about, I don't think we have a plan yet, but it's travel related. I know that. I don't know. Us, travel. I don't want to break too much new ground. Join us next week where we go completely off topic. Starting next week, we're officially a Top Gear podcast. What are your feelings about the new Porsches? Frankly, I don't give a damn. Me either. Why are we doing this podcast? We're not. We're doing travel. Stick with our strong suit. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. 
Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to another episode of Seattle to Unknown. Don't forget to tell your friends about us and subscribe so you never miss a thing. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest under C2Unknown. That's S-E-A-T-O Unknown. Or you can check us out on our website, www.c2unknown.com. Want to know what we do on our off time? You can find both Sarah and I on Twitter and Instagram. Sarah is at S-A-R underscore S, and I'm at Hooligan Monster on both. We would also love to hear from you. Send us an email with your stories and travel tips to c2unknown at gmail.com. Until then, it's an adventure. Bye!